0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the You Are Not Too Busy podcast. I'm your host, Noam Rader, and I'm so happy that you're here. Today, we are doing something that is much requested. First of all, you guys love solo episodes, and I always say that I'm going to record more But I feel like I get so in my head about, like, is this even interesting? Is it entertaining? Like, what am I going to talk about that I, like, psych myself out all the time? But no, today we are doing the thing. Now, this is also a topic that you guys always ask questions about in my Q&A box and have requested as a solo pod topic, and that is living alone and spending time alone. So I've been living alone now in my new apartment for just over two months, so I feel like I'm ready to start talking about that journey. But yeah, let's just jump right into it. I was gonna do a little intro, but I guess this whole episode will be a little catch up, so let's just get right into it. I feel like this whole topic of spending time alone um, has become really romanticized and honestly just talked about more on social media over the past like maybe couple of years. Like I feel like every other reel I see has like some sort of audio about like spending time alone. and valuing your own company and being selective and who you let into your life and so on. And I just feel like that wasn't a conversation that was really being had until a few years ago. And I don't know if it was the pandemic and us being forced to spend so much time alone that shifted this conversation, or perhaps just the turn social media has taken and the people whose voices it's amplified has allowed for more of that. Um, but either way, like I'm all here for it and I feel like it's a really hot topic right now which is like so interesting because I swear growing up like no one ever was cool for spending time alone. Like people did it I guess and I had friends who like wanted more alone time than others and like had their hobbies they did alone and whatever. But it definitely wasn't like something that like made you cool, and like now it like makes you like that cool, mysterious girl. And that by no means is why I'm having this conversation. Um, but I just think that's something interesting to highlight, and probably why I get asked about it a lot, um, because I have spoken about it, and not because I've gone on this journey to try to like be a cooler version of myself, but genuinely because like I just like needed it for my mental well being. But we'll get into all of that soon. I do feel like someone who's really I want to say, like spearheaded this almost campaign for a long time was the one and only Emma Chamberlain. Um I honestly think it's like kind of so funny and so interesting how this one girl has like so many of us in a chokehold on like everything she does where it says, Um, especially, and not that age is really all that matters, but especially given that she's, I think like three or four years younger than myself, um, which again, like I have friends who are older than me, younger than me, whatever, but I do feel like those early 20 years, like between 20 to 24, if she's 20 or 21, I'm not sure, but I feel like those are really formative years. And I never thought that someone who was 20 or 21 whose like, opinions would have such an impact on me. But anyways, cool girl. Absolutely love Emma Chamberlain. Love everything she does. Emma, if you're ever listening and you want to be a guest on the pod, just like pop on over. I love you. No, not that there's not any chance you're listening. But anyways, guys, let's jump right into it. So I want to take you back. And I think the most logical place to start this episode is the first time I moved out of my parents' house. So when I was 18 years old, I just finished high school. I moved out of my parents' house to go to university. So like I know some people don't really consider this moving out because like, I don't know, I guess like part of university or undergrad, or I guess if you're in the States, you probably call it college. Um, Like you're in such a bubble there. And especially if you live on residence first year, like on campus, it's like not entirely the same experience as like truly living on your own. But this was the first time that like I was living... With friends and other people my age rather than my family. Um, I think this was so important for me specifically. Um, For context, I am a first generation Canadian, or I'm not even Canadian because I wasn't born here either, but uh, I was raised here since I was four. So I do consider myself Canadian and Canadian culture. And it's pretty big to like leave your house and move away from university here. But My parents just like did not get it, like being immigrants to Canada and never having really experienced this. And I do have an older sister, but she stayed home for school. So she went to university that was near our house and commuted, um, which has so many pros too as well. Um, But because of that, like I had to really convince them that I should go to school um, and move out. And I will say that like, The biggest reasoning for this, if I'm being totally honest with myself, is the social aspect of it. Like, I wanted to live on my own and live with my friends and go to a college a lot of people from my high school weren't going to. And, like, that sounded like tons of fun, and it was. But other reasons that went into it before I decided to move out was the type of education I'd get at the school I was going to. It was better for the specific type of program and profession that I was interested in. Um, But I think what I didn't realize was how important it would be for my independence. I was always a pretty independent person growing up. Like I always liked doing things on my own in the sense of like, not physically on my own, but like I was never, which is probably a bad thing at some points, but I was never really good at like asking for help. Like I would always just like figure things out, whether it was like my homework or a problem I was having with friends, or if I needed, like I I just like to do things on my own. Um, And, i didn't think that i needed that kind of independent push like maybe some other people do to kind of step away from their parents and the sheltering of that because i don't feel like i was very sheltered growing up um but i think it was unknowingly super impactful for that like it really forced me to grow up in ways that like i look towards comparing like where i was at at the age of like let's say 2021 compared to some friends who decided to stay home from school. Um, And again, it's not necessarily a bad thing and everyone needs different things at different times, but I do think that being forced to take care of yourself would be the person to make sure you wake up in the morning and get to class and do your laundry and cook and clean and say no to going out sometimes. Like I think that was really huge for me and definitely taught me a lot. Um, But anyways, back to like living situation, because really the main reason why we're here is I lived in what was called like a suite style residence, which means that like I had my own room within like a bed and a desk. And then I shared a bathroom with one other person. And then there was a shared like mini kitchen. I don't even wanna call it a kitchen. It had like a microwave and a fridge um, and like a mini living room and then a hallway and then two other girls doing the same thing. So like four girls, two bathrooms, one shared kitchen living room situation. Um, and I got to pick one of the people in that force, the person I shared my bathroom with which was with my friend from high school, her name was Sammy, shout out Sammy. Um, but I didn't know the other two girls and we had the opportunity to like match up two pairs of two girls. So if we knew another two girls, whether it was from like Facebook or from people we knew from our hometown that were going to be at the same residence building, we could request to like make a conjoined group of four. We didn't cause we're like, we want to branch out. Um, Honestly, those other two girls in my first year residence, we just, like, nothing against them specifically. We just, like, had nothing in common. We never really clicked, but it was fine. It was just a living situation. But, yeah, I was definitely not living alone in the sense of, like, especially in residence. And if you ever lived in residence, you know you spend zero time alone because even if my roommate Sammy was out, like, I met everyone else on my floor, everyone else in my building, like we we're always studying in the study lounge, we were eating in the cafe together, we we're going on walks together, like I literally was never alone. Now, I'm sure I could have been more alone if I wanted to, but like looking back on it, I really went out of my way to like fill up all my free time. Like if I had free time after class, or even if I was in free time, like even if I had to study or I had to eat or I had to do my laundry or I had to go to the grocery store like... I was doing that everything with friends, and I have always been a very social person and enjoyed that. So it was never challenging, and not something I forced myself to do. But in retrospect, like it, it was forced in the sense of like I can definitely like remember the feeling of being like oh I really want to go to the library, but like no one wants to go with me. Like I guess I'll stay. i guess I'll stay in my room, and that's that's not right. But we'll get into more of that later. Um, but. I do think that maybe, and I don't want to say it's a negative thing per se, but one way that moving away from school and living on campus did affect me is that it did make me really used to living like with a lot of my friends and like being in proximity to a lot of my friends and like never really being alone, uh, which is so much fun. But I do think it made it harder for me to break out of that habit when I no longer have that environment. And I feel like this is probably a pretty universal feeling, but anyways, Um, and then in second year of university, so second year of undergrad, I was no longer living in residence. I lived off campus and I lived with that same girl I was rooming with. We got a two bedroom apartment in a student living building. So like the whole building basically was students. Um, but I technically only had one roommate that I like shared my kitchen and living room with. Um, so I know for a lot of people in college, they um, live in like big houses with like five, six, seven people. That wasn't necessarily my experience. And I feel like if it was, that would have been difficult for me for other reasons. Because although I said, I really do like spending my time with people, I think having even that little bit of alone time of only living with one other person who's was in a different program than me, had we had overlapping friends, but not like the exact same core friends, was really important for me. So I feel like it would have been even more challenging if I was really living in like a house of like four or five, six girls, um, especially if we were in the same friend group, which I know happens a lot. But anyways, that's tangential now. But like I said, it was still a student living building. So even when my roommate was at a class, I was at class or was out with the different friends, like so many of other friends either lived in that building or they lived, like you guys know, if you went to college, everyone lives within like the same little student area. So they were living like down the street in the building next door, like it was never far to see someone. And so many people around your age, so kind of the same thing for second year and third year. And then after third year, you guys know I've spoken about this, but I didn't finish my full undergrad degree because I got into med school early. So I moved to the university where my med school was, which was a different town and still not my hometown. So so I started to get an apartment and really luckily and like kind of a crazy coincidence, but one of my best friends from undergrad, her name's Michelle, um, she also got into the same med school that I did, um, which like if you know, like it's so hard to get in at a third year, and also for like two best friends to get into the same school of like the only school we both got into, anyways, was so great. So we decided to live together and we got an apartment in the city where my med school was at. And like the thing that was a bit different here was that it was no longer like a student apartment. So although there's a lot of students living in the area, um, it's not like as super convenient to like constantly see your friends and everything like that. Like, people lived a little bit further and so on. But, anyways, same kind of situation. Still had a roommate, shared our living space, whatever. But um, I feel like with my roommate Michelle, and I, like everything I say is like nothing is negative, but just different. Um, she valued her alone time more than my past roommate. And like, that's either option is totally fine. But I was spending more time alone because she would like want some alone time in her room which is like so fine and then I kind of realized myself even more so in an undergrad like trying to like look for plans and look for someone to hang out with look for someone to go study with and like actively try to avoid my own alone time too and I started to clock it but I didn't really do anything of it um and at the time I was in a relationship that I'm no longer in this is my ex um but I would say he was on the less independent side when it came to relationships. Like he wanted to be spending more time together. We spent our weekends together for the most part Um, and nothing negative towards him, just like different again. Um, So yeah, I feel like that was like, I kind of started getting a bit more alone time med school, getting a little bit more uncomfortable with it. But at the end of the day, like I was so busy those first like seven months before the pandemic when I was in med school in person and you're meeting so many new people and like it was still super social and exciting. And it was a new city I was exploring and whatever. But then the pandemic hit. And although I moved back home for the pandemic, um, and I technically wasn't living alone by any means, like it was a full house. My sister was back in the house, her now husband, but then boyfriend moved in with us for a point two. Um, but I just had more alone time in the sense of like I couldn't see my friends. Um, I love my family, nothing against them, but I did not want to spend 24 seven with them. So I was spending more time alone in my room. And like, I genuinely think that as horrible for the entire world and personally as well for my mental health and et cetera. So on like the pandemic was, I think like one of the best things that came out of it for me, it was like, I really got to know myself and I genuinely like do not recognize the girl before March of 2020, i say 2022, no March of 2020, like different interests, different perspectives, different beliefs, different friends to a degree. Like I totally transformed in those first like six months, I would say. And it's crazy because all that really, I mean, a lot happened. Don't get me wrong. But I think the biggest thing was like spending time with myself and what do I think about things and more time to read and time to think and journal and explore perspectives. And I realized how valuable that was. Um, so, I definitely think the pandemic was kind of that kickstarter towards me realizing that alone time shouldn't just be something that I do to like fill the time as a buffer between activities, but should be something that I like actively prioritize and seek. And I don't think that the reason I avoided alone time was ever because I was scared of being alone or scared of being independent because I mean, scared of being alone in the sense of like, I wasn't physically scared to sleep in my apartment alone. My room wasn't there. Like it was never really that for me. It wasn't that I was unsure of how to do things by myself. Like I said, I, I, I think independence and introvertism, no, that's not a word, being an introvert, whatever. You know what I mean? I think those are two like completely mutually exclusive things. Like you can be independent and also not like spending time alone and you love spending your time alone, but not be independent and doing things. Like, not just like spending time alone, but like doing things other than just chilling in your room by yourself. Do You know what I mean? But I think it was because I just didn't feel like alone time was something beneficial. Like, I didn't see the value in it. And for better or for worse, I've always been a very like productivity driven person. And when I don't see that I can gain value from engaging in a certain activity, it just demotivated me from trying it. Because it was like, well, what am I really going to get from spending time alone versus... If I spend time with friends, I'll A, have more fun, B, make, I don't know, make more memories, C, like just be a more social person, and I I don't know, I can't really put myself back in that brain of that girl, but, because I'm not her anymore, but anyways, I think the other factor that kind of ignited this um, drive to learn how to spend time with myself, learn how to enjoy it, and kind of redefine that whole relationship was when I got into my current relationship with my with my boyfriend now, and he, I wouldn't say he's necessarily an introvert, like he's definitely very social like I am, but like, the, like we've been talking about, really valued his alone time as like a positive, important thing to prioritize, to be more creative, to be more introspective, to just like catch up with yourself, and like I vividly remember, and I mean it wasn't that long ago, it was like two and a half years ago I guess, but we definitely had some disagreements at the beginning when I would like want to hang out and he'd be like, honestly, I just want to spend time alone. And I like, couldn't wrap my head around it at first. Let's say it was like, especially during the pandemic, we didn't really, we were like only seeing each other, even when that was a lot, let's not talk about the time, we couldn't even see each other. But anyways, like you're really only seeing each other in our families. And it would be like a Saturday night and I would just like want to hang out. And he would be like, he's like, we can hang out tomorrow. But like, I was kind of hoping to catch up with myself tonight. And i like, could not wrap my head around the fact i was like but you don't have plans and he's like no i do have plans i have plans with myself and i genuinely like did not get it and we like had a bit of a misunderstanding on this topic for a while because again i like didn't see spending alone time as like a plan like something you schedule in something that you value and put first and like gain something out of i like just couldn't wrap my head around that um but over time, that has definitely changed. And I think that was definitely another huge part of it of not only being forced into alone time from the standards of the pandemic, but also being taught that it was something that is worth prioritizing. I'm repeating myself, so I'm gonna stop. But, anyways, um, now, present day, um, I would still say that, like, I am definitely an extroverted person, at least, like, seven eighty percent of the time i still love spending time with friends and i also just have learned to mix it in and mix in alone time and find that balance and find that sweet spot and i've realized there's just so many benefits of spending time with yourself and becoming your own best friend i've become more creative and more productive i've gotten to know myself better my likes my dislikes my values I think the biggest thing is that learning to spend time alone has dramatically improved my self-confidence because I enjoy it as much as I do spending time with my friends, and I love my friends, and I think they're great people. So if I love spending time with myself, I must be a great person too and valuing my thoughts and my hobbies. And it just makes you feel like if you love spending time with yourself so much, then Anyone who doesn't love spending time with you and think that you're worth spending time with, like, well, forget about them, you know? Um, So I think it's it's huge for self-confidence. Probably one of my biggest self-confidence tips is learn to be your own best friend. I think the last thing is that spending time alone also teaches you to be more selective with who you allow to take up your time because you realize that you don't need other people to have fun, be happy, be fulfilled. You can have them and you should. Connection is so important. Friendships and relationships are literally everything if you ask me, but you don't need it. So I stopped like almost obsessively seeking plans and seeking someone to do things with when I had, let's say a day to myself, because if all the people who I actually love and value and was in the mood to spend time with aren't free, then, okay, I'll just spend time alone. Like, I didn't need to catch up with a friend that maybe I haven't spoken to in a few years and because I decided that I didn't really want to spend that much time with them because they weren't that good an influence on me, but I guess I have no one else to spend time with, so, like, maybe I should. And I just stopped getting so in my head about it. Like, I used to, if I, like, when I was in undergrad or even in high school for sure, if it was like a Saturday, Friday night and I didn't have plans, like I would be like, No, you are such a loser. How could you not have plans? That's so embarrassing. No one can know. Like, which is all crazy, but I'm just being honest. Like, those are thoughts that would go through my head versus now, like if all the people who I would actually want to spend time with aren't free, then okay, that's fine. I don't care. I romanticize it. I have fun. I have my own plans, my Friday night in, my Saturday night in. Like I don't really even think twice about it. So I mean to summarize, I think like the biggest thing that I've learned from spending more time alone. Or the biggest things I've gained is creativity and productivity and just how much being in your own head can really fuel that. The other one is getting to know yourself and knowing what you like, what you dislike, what you want to do with your time. Like It's just so important to get your brain and those wheels turning. And the next one, and probably the most important, is self-confidence and finally being selective with who you spend time with. Um, so I just listed five reasons. Five reasons you should give it a shot and see how it goes, spending more time alone. So again, back into the present day. I told you kind of my whole living situation history. Again, I don't even know if this is relevant to anyone or anyone cares, but if you're here still, let's get into the current situation. Um, August 18th of 2022, I remember the day. Um, I got the keys to my first solo apartment. I'm now living in Toronto for residency, and I've now been living alone for two and a little bit months, Um, and I want to talk about that. So I knew once I was finishing up med school that I wanted to live alone for the next stage of my life, Um, I think it's for a few reasons. So once I went back to school in person, like back to in hospital rotations and stuff, I kind of felt like for a lot of it, I kind of was living alone because me and my roommate had like different rotations. We didn't really see each other that much. We were both so busy. And sometimes we had rotations that were in different cities that were rural placements. Um, so there'd be like month stretches where I would live alone in my apartment. And I really started to enjoy it. And I found that like when I needed a social connection, I could make plans with my friends. But I also really started to value the benefits of living alone and how much freedom I had um, and how much it Really forced me even more so to to spend more positive time and with myself and finding out what my hobbies are and so on. So I was really enjoying it, but I was kind of like a baby taste of living alone because at least I least still had a roommate, um, and I was only really alone for like I'm almost like a month stretch at a time. Um, and I knew that like with residency and having more job security, I would be more in a financial place to live alone. And it's pretty common, I'd say, for most residents. Like most of my friends' residency do live alone at this point. Um, and I feel like something else I was asked about all the time when I was picking this apartment, because I guess at the time of moving in, me and my current boyfriend had been together for two years and so many people, and it, all well meaning for sure, but we're just like, oh, are you guys going to move in together? And I was like, no, like there was never a point in which we thought that was an option. Um, not because there's anything against him and our relationship is nothing but great right now, but I knew I wanted to live alone before um, living with my partner, especially if you think it's going to be your forever person, that might be the person you live with for the rest of your life. And I was just kind of in no rush for that. And I think we both really valued the stage in our life where we can be in a serious committed relationship, but also still have independent lives. Like for example, tonight it's Halloween weekend and, um, I have a party with my friends from medical school and he has a party with his friends from um, his acting classes and we might end up meeting up later in the night. Like if he comes to my party, I go to his, I don't know. But um, we can just go to separate parties and see our friends. And like often we don't do that. I will say like we usually do go together, but it is nice to have, like kind of have that an option and do our own thing. And like he knows all my friends from my school who's at a party with them like last week. But it's a different vibe when you're just like you and your friends and you're not and um, having to like fill someone in about like something that happened in class a year ago you know what I mean like it seems to have that extra level of independence or the ability to just like have my girlfriends over for girls night and not have to be like hey is it okay if I have my friends over what are you doing do you have a meeting um so on um but anyways chose love alone and I moved in in August and residency like end of August and residency starts July 1st so obviously it was like a six month gap the reason for that is that um, my parents only live like 45 minutes outside of the city, so I was able to commute from my parents' house to work until I moved in somewhere. But it was by no means convenient and it was definitely a hassle. But I feel like I was just putting off living alone, and I was kind of telling myself it was because I was waiting for the market to get better, blah, blah, blah. If you guys are from Toronto or know anything about Toronto real estate, it is crazy over here it still is it's only gotten worse actually like when i was looking at apartments initially in like may june for july first move in rent was bad and i was like it has to get better than this but it did and it actually only got worse and i was like okay girl it's now or never you gotta move in somewhere but i think i like also maybe subconsciously and now in retrospect like was hesitating on living alone and there was a point where like i was talking to this girl i know but because she was also looking for apartments that maybe we should live together. And like, I was kind of doubting myself, but ultimately I pulled the trigger. I moved in. My wallet hurts, but here we are. Um, And I've been living alone for just over two months now. So I want to kind of go over the pros and the cons. So I guess the biggest con and like the most obvious one is that it is so expensive to live alone, not just rent. Um, but also like utilities, also groceries, also just like household supplies, furniture, like not splitting that with someone else, whether you were splitting things like 50-50 before or like I bought the couch, you buy the TV, whatever. No, buying that all yourself. I literally still don't have all my furniture because I can't afford to get it in all one go. Um, I think that's the biggest con for sure is that it's so much more expensive. Like you're not splitting things like internet or hydro or like the biggest, not the biggest one, but like a, a big part is like groceries. Like um, I would like make dinner with my roommates in the past or like if we both wanted like eggs we would just get like one carton and things wouldn't go bad. But like doing that all for yourself is a lot of money. Okay, I'm really enjoying it, but my wallet does hurt. Um, and it has forced me to just be a little bit more financially conscious with my choices. Um, outside of my apartment, I guess, like how much I go to eat and so on. And I'm obviously super grateful to have amazing job security with residency. Not that we make a ton of money now, we actually make less than a wage. I'm sure you guys have heard this before. Um, But especially in family medicine, like you have pretty good job security. So I know that I'll be fine down the line. I'll have tons of student debt to pay, but I'll have a job kind of unless something goes really wrong. And then obviously also super grateful to have social media as my other job and to get to create content that i love doing anyways and work with amazing brands and and have some more side income from that has honestly like changed everything but that's a different story for a different day the other thing is that you spend so much more time cleaning when you don't split it with someone else it's something i just like didn't consider like i feel like i am always doing laundry and i'm always wiping down the counter It all comes down to me. This kind of leads into a pro because I think knowing that no one else is going to do it decreases that, like, bystander effect of, like, oh, my roommate will clean it. Or, like, if it's her mess, I'll be, like, oh, I won't clean it because it's – you know what I mean? So, like, I'm just more on top of things with cleaning, but I just feel like I'm always cleaning in here. Um, kind of on the same scope is – and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, like, I have not been cooking or baking, like, barely ever. I'm really working on it. But since I've been living alone, like for, for a few reasons. So one, groceries are so expensive in the city, especially when you don't split it with someone. Um, so I don't really buy that many groceries because if things go bad, like it sucks when you spend like literally like $7 on a pack of mushrooms. Okay, not seven, but whatever. Um, but the other part is that it also takes so much time to cook. And not only is it more fun when you cook with someone else, but also it speeds it up. And then you also have to clean everything yourself when you cook. And there's just so much cleaning. Um, so I try to cook and, like, make leftovers and have it for lunch the next day. But, like, still it's just hard to get that motivation. And because when you're living alone, when you want to see people more, like, I'll go out and grab food with friends. So I don't want to buy as much groceries because I might go out and eat. And you guys gotta get the point. And then another reason, I'm really going on a rant with this whole food thing. But anyways, I used to like bake a ton in med school. And I stopped baking for like a few reasons. Like life just got really busy. But also now I'm like, well, I'm going to bake a whole banana bread. Who's going to eat it? I don't know. Just me. I can't finish that. Like there's obviously other solutions. but. Um. I don't really know how to finish this conversation. I guess that's where we're at now. I can continue to update you on my journey. But I also figured since this was a solo episode, we can do a few quick Q&A questions. I want to try to incorporate this in more to solo episodes. Um, I do Q&As on my Instagram story a lot, but I feel like it's nice to have this long form content on podcast as well. So I posted a question box a few days ago, and let me just pull up and see what questions we got. Okay. But anyways, we all make the same amount. And pre-taxes, that is, I'm just looking it up. I'll right- give you the exact amount. The annual salary as of July 1st, 2022 is $62,227.83. Yeah. That's it. Um, but that's pre-taxes. So we get tax deducted pay, meaning the money, and put it into my account, which is bi-weekly is already tax deducted and like retirement plans and all of that gets taken out of it. So we actually get less than that. Try to calculate it right now. Here, let's do that. Just cause I'm curious. Approximately like 46,000 a year after tax, income tax and pension plans and employment insurance and disabilities and all that stuff that we, I don't even think we could opt out of, but anyways we need, um, that's how much we make. Um, so this, and I said this earlier in the episode, like we make less than a wage, this and i don't even know what the what the minimum wage income in ontario is right now but it's less than this because our total salary is probably more or it is more than the average but when you take it to how many hours work per week in residence it's usually less than minimum wage which i think is like 14 dollars in ontario but anyways that's into that question you can look all this up online it is no secret okay next question is okay this is actually interesting i i don't I, I hope i'm understanding the question correctly i'll read it to you guys maybe if i'm misunderstanding um whoever messaged this i want to keep it anonymous so you can message me and let me know but the question reads as relationship advice on social media being toxic it ruined my relationship and planted doubt i'm not entirely clear at this question but i'll give you my interpretation of it like social media causing issues within a, I'm assuming, romantic relationship, and I think it's something that people experience a lot, um, and I'll give my kind of my take on it. So I started doing social media as like, as content creation. I wouldn't even call it my job because I was not getting paid at the time, but while I was in a previous relationship, and the person I was dating then didn't really get it. Um, they didn't really see why I was doing it, and maybe it's because when I started it, I wasn't really doing it as a job, and I was putting so much effort into it. And it's not that they were unsupportive but i wouldn't say they were like my biggest supporter or like if i would like want to take pictures for a little longer i would like get a bit of a look um and that was really difficult and i honestly think part of the reason that that ended up working is because i didn't feel like i could be like 100 authentically myself and discuss my passions and my interests with this person um so i definitely get it on that front but even if you're not a creator i have also been in situations in the past where I've had partners tell me what I can and can't post on, like, my private social media, whether that's, like, photos and certain outfits or that they've been, like, you can't like this person's photo and all of that. And personally, like, I, that's just, like, not my speed. Everyone has different preferences. And, like, if you have those kind of boundaries with you with your partner um, where you guys agree on that kind of stuff, like, that's totally fine. All relationships are different. But I don't personally believe in that, that you shouldn't be posting certain things, uh, because you're in a relationship. Like I just have a certain, like certain things I wouldn't post for myself because like of my comfort level and what I want to put on the internet in terms of like clothes I wear and whatever. Um, but I don't think that being in a relationship, like should be a reason why you can't do that. Like if you have a strong, confident, trusting relationship, it shouldn't affect that. And like, if other guys think I'm cute, then like my boyfriend should be flattered in my opinion. Again, it's just my opinion. And then also, like, again, I know this can be a controversial topic, but like, I don't think that liking someone's photo is a big deal personally. And I think that's part of growing up with social media. Since I was like in high school, we've all been on Instagram. I've always had guy friends and liking their photo. I never even think twice about it. Like, obviously, if there's a girl that like your boyfriend was previously seeing and he's liking all of her photos, then like, I guess that's a little bit weird. But like. Even so, like I totally think people, guys and girls can be friends and you can like a photo and want to support someone if you think, even if you like think that, oh, it's a great photo of you, like nice, but not in a way of like you want to hit on them. I don't know. I really don't think it's a big deal. So um, it's not an issue in my current relationship, which is great. My boyfriend is totally on the same page. And I think it's just important to look for people who see that, see those perspectives in the same way or are open to having conversations about that because it can be and has been for myself. A point of issue in the past. And I just like, we definitely want to avoid that at all costs in the future. Um, okay. Let's do one more. I'll save the rest for another episode, mainly because I need to get ready for this Halloween party that I'm going to, but okay. Some of these are super vague, like dating advice, but like, where do I start? Let's do this one. How do you avoid imposter syndrome? Okay. I talked about this a lot i'm going to start with my favorite line about imposter syndrome which is having imposter syndrome inherently means you have something to be proud of this is what i always come back to for myself when i feel imposter syndrome creeping in and although it doesn't entirely solve the problem and i get that but it's just a reminder of like okay i'm feeling like i'm an imposter that i'm not good enough at my job but like that means i have something to be proud of and that already is like a little pat on the back and a little boost of self-confidence now, I know it doesn't necessarily solve the problem of you have something to be proud of. And then, if you deal with a positive, student, you know the feeling of like, well, was it a fluke that I got it? Do I deserve it? So on and so forth. But at least I think that's the first step. Now, I think the next part is coming down to the facts, at least for me, because maybe I'm just, I, I think of things more logically in that way. But like when I feel like, let's say I'm on a shift and I'm like, I'm just not good enough. I don't know how I got to residency. Um, I know nothing. Everyone else knows more than me. I kind of come back to the facts, and I think, okay, well, was it just luck that I got in? If I wrote the same standardized tests like the MCAT and the boards like everyone else, no. I guess I guess I did write those standardized tests, right? Or like, did I go through the same interview process? Like we all went through the same things. Why would it be just luck? And if it was just luck, would luck have gotten me not only into med school but also into my first choice program? Like I go back to those facts. I go back to my achievements, remembering the times I've done something I was proud of marks I've received that I know I worked hard for and deserved, patients who have told me that I made an impact, preceptors who have told me that they were impressed with my knowledge on a certain topic. Like I come back to the facts, remind myself of that and kind of just like ground myself in that way. I think that grounding in general is super important for a lot of like any type of stress, I guess. And I guess imposter syndrome is a form of stress in a way, but yeah, those are my two biggest pieces of advice, but I feel like that could be a whole episode. So if you want to hear an episode on imposter syndrome, I can definitely do that. But with that, I will leave you guys. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. Um, let me know if you have any topic ideas for future ones. If you enjoy these, I will make more of an effort to do them. I know I always say that, but I'm really going to try because I had so much fun chatting now. The second I like pulled that trigger and started recording, like, I haven't stopped talking in like 40 minutes. I clearly have a lot to say. I don't know what makes me doubt it. But anyways, we'll do more of these. Love you guys. Have a great week. And I'll see you on the next episode. Oh, and of course, guys, leave a rating, leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Well, you can't leave a rating on Spotify, but you can leave a review, hopefully five stars. And on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. And yeah, follow us on Instagram. I've been posting tons of more content on the You're Not Too Busy pod, Instagram, and TikTok podcast recommendations like from other pods, mood board picks, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, So definitely check it out. And thanks for coming. Love you guys. Bye.